Welcome to the podcast for WGTS 91.9's Gateway Fellowship, a weekly service for anyone of any faith that is ultimately about inspiring hope. You can learn more and find more messages like this at mygatewayfellowship.com. I'm thankful to be back with you guys. I uh, feel like I've been gone a lot this month, and I have. There's been a lot going on, and uh, I'll, be, I'll be around for, uh, for a very long time. It won't be, I won't be going anywhere, so don't get your hopes up. But I'm thankful to be back with you guys. And um, in, in the time that I've been away from you for just you know those, these few weeks, there's been a lot that has gone on. Isn't that life? You ever talk to somebody, maybe you, you, you stop talking to them for like, for like a week or two, and you come back and talk, and they tell you like they just drop this crazy bunch of life that's happened to them in just a short span of time? Isn't that crazy how life goes? Well, it's kind of been like that for me. I had, I had a really great um, worship experience. I went to Brooklyn with uh, Pastor Terry, who's in Oregon right now, uh, preaching. Um, he sends his love. But I, I was in Oregon, I was in Brooklyn, and uh, I went to a, a leadership conference. And, um, you know, we've been talking about taking hold of God's vision for your life and, and God having these great plans for our lives. And uh, we've been kind of basing it off of this book by Pastor in North Carolina named Stephen Furtick from the Elevation Church. Yeah. Who said woo? Yes. Wow. That church is awesome. If you get a chance, check them out. iTunes, podcast them. Their, their, their worship music is amazing. Um, and uh, I, got, I got, actually got the chance to talk to him. And, um, and it was a blessing. And I thought, Wow. As we're talking about God and God's vision and plan for our lives, how appropriate to have an experience for my own self. Because, you know, a lot of times we get up here and preach and we teach, and we do our things, but we need to be fed ourselves. And uh, there's, there's no, I've never lied to you guys and act like I have uh, my whole life together. In fact, I always like to say that, you know, we're on, we're on level ground here. We're, I mean, a little bit of a ramp, but. You guys get you guys get the point. We're on level ground here. So when I when I think about uh, God's plan for my life and and trying to get a grip on on what I'm doing, I want you to know I don't have it all figured out. And I, I'm sure that there's a lot of us that don't that don't have it all figured out. But as we take time to reflect, we can find strength and guidance and wisdom if we just go to the word of God. And I'll be honest with you. When I was in Brooklyn, I was so convicted um, to my own shame that I have just been missing my time in the word. I have been missing. I, I mean, I get up, I read my little devotionals. I got my, you know, my iPhone, my iPad. Um, but lately, I'm like, you know what? I need to get the book again, just with pages and, and all that and stop being so tech savvy and all that. You know, just get back into the word of God. Because when we were there in New York and I got a chance to talk to this guy and go over what what is he what was the real point that he was even trying to get out of this book. He was saying, you know, that there's so many people that just go throughout life day after day after day, just missing the point. Every day, just missing the point. And we find our strength when we go to the word. So that's what I want to do tonight. I just have a few verses that I want to share, and I hope to make some sense tonight, and I hope to step on a few toes, and I hope that when it's all said and done, we'll be where we need to be, at the foot of the cross. Let's pray. Father, we love you. 
We thank you. Oh, God, you're so good. And I, um, I'm at a loss of words, Lord, but I trust you. And I know that you have something to say here tonight beyond the songs that we've already offered up to you. Draw us close to you, God. We love you and we thank you in Christ's name. Amen. In the book of 1 Timothy, we find God moving and Paul moving through Paul in a mighty way. You see, at this time, Paul is in a little bit of trouble. He's locked up. He's not where he wants to be, but that's where he is. And I think some of us can appreciate that, right? Sometimes, oh, you know what? This is 2 Timothy. I'm sorry, guys. 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. 2 Timothy, Paul is in a prison, and he's writing a letter to his boy, Timothy. And I love this so much because Paul is pretty much aware that his time is coming to an end. And if any of you have ever met somebody or been with somebody on their hospital bed or in, when they're in those last few moments of their life, I'm going to tell you this. That is the time to be quiet and to listen because that is the time where there's no more games. Because I, I would dare say, and you know, I'm not pointing any fingers, but so many times we, we go throughout our lives day after day when things are seemingly okay, and we, we waste a lot of time. We're trying to figure things out, and we'll say, you know, I'm going to do that tomorrow, I'm going to do that then, or blah, 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 blah. But we're just kind of missing the point. But once you start to realize that, hey, this thing is coming to an end at some point, then I have to cherish my days, then you start to take things a little bit more serious. In fact, I would say this, you know, once you reach a certain age in your life, or maybe not even a certain age, maybe when you go through a specific situation, you start to realize that in our life, money is not the greatest currency that we have. Things and luxuries and cars and homes is not the greatest currency that we have. The most valuable thing that we have is our time. Our time. What's today? October 26th? 2013. Do you realize, this is kind of just a duh thing, but sometimes we never think about it. It's October 26, 2013. Do you realize that in the course of this earth's history, there will never be another October 26, 2013. There'll be one next year, maybe. I don't know. But today, once this is gone, it's gone. Ever thought about it like that? Not to be, you know, dark or depressing, but just to realize This day that I have is so valuable. This day that the Lord has given me, in fact, is the day that the Lord has made. And I need to rejoice and to be glad in it. Because let's be honest, there's many people who did not make it to today, who don't get to experience October 26, 2013. There's many people that if they just say, if I just had one more day, I would do this different. I would change this. I would stop that. Blah, 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 blah. But you and I, brothers and sisters, we're here right now. October 26, 2013, a day that we will never, ever get back, an opportunity that we have to do something with our lives for the kingdom of God. What have you done today? Have you done anything different? Have you changed anything you wanted to change? Have you said, you know what, I'll just do that tomorrow. I'm too tired. You know? We're talking about God's great plan and vision for our lives. And so when I hear Paul writing to Timothy here, I listen. Because what he's saying is deep 
And every word that he says is, is meaningful. It's not wasted at all. And Paul says a phrase in here in, in the book of 2 Timothy, as he's writing to Timothy, that, that just blows my mind. He says, and of this gospel I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. That's why I am suffering as I am. Yet this is no cause for shame. Read this next line with me. Because I know whom I have believed. Yet this is no cause for shame. Because I know whom I have believed. Paul is preaching here, and he's teaching Timothy something so valuable. He's talking about the gospel. Paul, as you may or may not know, he was persecuting this new found faith of Jesus Christ. He was going after it. He was killing people left and right. He was against it. It went against his tradition. It went against his custom, and he was afraid of that, as so many people are. You know, you guys don't do things the way that we've always done them. There's no pipe organ there. Blah, 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 blah. It has to be done a specific certain way. Nothing against pipe organs. You know, but, but this is the way that we do tradition, you know, that kind of thing. And Paul is, Paul is just like that until he has an encounter with Christ. He meets him. And Jesus rocks his world and changes him and says, I got plans for you, man. You who once killed me, who killed my people, I got plans for you. And I've called you to be a teacher, to be an apostle. Don't you wish it was that easy sometimes? Don't you wish you could just go outside here and just, oh, Jesus telling you, Timothy, this is what I want you to do. You know, this is what I want you to do, Liz. You know, it's just so crystal clear. Well, Paul was lucky to have that. He has this call on his life. And as we're trying to get the vision that God has for our lives, it may not be that crystal clear for you, but I'm going somewhere with this, so stay with me. Paul actually had that kind of certainty to know, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I'm supposed to do. I'm exactly where I need to be. I'm a teacher. I'm a preacher. I'm going around. I'm doing everything. And even though he's in the right lane, what happens? He gets in trouble. Bad things happen to him. This is the icebreaker number one. Some, Some of us think that once I get to this point, once I know what I'm supposed to do, then everything's going to be smooth sailing. Everything's going to be all right. Right now, I'm just in this dead-end job. I'm just doing this because I'm, I'm going to really move up to this and blah, 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 blah. There's always going to be trials. You with me? There's always going to be trials. Even when you're where you're supposed to be. Dare I say, especially when you're where you're supposed to be. Because that's when you're going to make the most impact. That's when you're going to start to do what you were put on this earth to do. And that's when the enemy comes after us. So Paul says, I'm here because of this, because of what I've done, this is why I am suffering. This is why I'm suffering. This is why I'm in these chains. This is why I'm here. But it's no reason for me to be afraid or to be ashamed because I know whom I have believed. Because I know who I believe in. I'm in chains. I'm locked up. I'm broken. I'm beaten. I'm on my way out. I know. I know that there's not many more days in my life, but I'm not afraid because I know who I believe. Yeah, I can, I can honestly tell you guys this. When I lost my mother, we're in the hospital. I always laugh because Sammy and I were talking about this. My mom, she passed away from a brain tumor. And I miss her so much, but I have my hope. And I cling, I cling on to that with all my life. And 
the weekend that it happened, she, 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 went, she got really, really sick. And she was in a, in a hospital at Washington Adventist Hospital up the street. And um, she kind of fell into a semi-coma and was a, a bit responsive at some points and, and not at others. But on Saturday, for some reason, she just perked up like no other. And I was, it was, you know, it was hurtful to me because I thought things were going to get better. Um, but that actually happens often, I've heard, you know, that there's this kind of one last drive and sometimes things are said that need to be said. And um, when she was up that Saturday night, our family was there and we were happy and we were hopeful. And um, I didn't know that that was going to be the last time I would ever hear her voice. And um, the only reason I'm smiling is because the last interaction that she had with my wife, Sam, this was before we got married, just a month before she said, good luck, <laughs> talking about me. And they laughed about me because, uh, you know, Pete, he's going to leave his clothes all over the place, and he's such a dude, and blah, blah, blah. And their last interaction in, in total love and, and smiles was like, good luck with my son. I'm not that bad, right? Oh, silence over here. That was, ter- that was terrible. Oh, man. My last word, though, that I heard from my mom, was something that uh, was an ongoing thing in her battle with cancer. Her first biopsy that she had, the doctors warned us that when this goes, um, when this biopsy takes place, you, you know, all the consent forms needed to be signed because if there is even a slight, uh, you know, mistake, it could hit a, a nerve or some cells that could make her not be able to speak again. And that happened a few times. And she, you know, thank God she was able to come out of that. But right after she would get out of these biopsies, she wouldn't be able to talk or she wouldn't remember our name. She would know it, but she just couldn't say it. And she would kind of lose her, her motor skills and blah, 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 blah. She would do that. And then she would be so angry that she couldn't say it. What I'm telling you guys is this, is, you know, as God is my witness, I, every time I would say to her, Mama, it's okay. Tears in my face, tears in her face. I said, Mama, it's okay. You don't have to remember my name. We'll get there. I said, just, you just got to remember one name. And she would smile with those bright blue eyes. She would say, Jesus. No lie. She couldn't say anything else, but she could say, Jesus. And the last words I heard come out of my mother's mouth was, Jesus. When she was there that Saturday night, and I believe that's the same thing that Paul is saying. Like, I know what I believe in, son. Like, I'm going to be all right. Jesus, it says it all. I don't, need, I don't need to say a whole long phrase. Just say the name, right? Just say the name. And this is where I'm at because I know whom I believe. And then they rest in peace, you know, and then we're kind of stuck holding, trying to put the pieces together. And as we're searching for God's vision for our, our lives, I have to ask you, do you know what you believe? Do you know whom you believe? I think that's the problem with us so many times because we don't know what we believe. We really don't. One minute we believe this, and one, then the next day we believe that. One moment we're going this way, the next minute we change. You know, I changed my mind, and then sometimes we even throw it. I feel like the Lord has told me to go this way now. I've heard people that every time I talk to them, they say, the Lord is telling me, yep, Lord, tell me to go this way. I was like, man, God really needs to make up his mind with you. You know what I mean? Some people just throw God's name in there left and right, like God is the one just telling you, do this. And I'm going to tell you right this, like right now, Christ is solid. His truth and his calling to us is firm and concrete and effective. And yes, there are turns, but it's, if it's like this, I'd be bold enough to say that might not be God. 
I know whom I have believed. I think that's the point number one for us tonight. As you're looking for God's vision for your life, you have to ask yourself, what do I believe in? And whom do I believe in? Do I believe in myself? Do I believe in money? Do I believe in success? Do I believe this and blah, blah, blah? There's nothing wrong with that. But what do you believe in first? Numero, numero uno. You can tell I'm Spanish. What do you believe in? What's number one for you? Is it Christ? Because if it's not, I think we have a problem. What do I believe? Paul so boldly says, I know whom I believe. I know what I'm doing. I'm putting God first. Paul, in the same way, he says something else that's really powerful that I think plays a role into us figuring out what we're supposed to do. In the book of Galatians, chapter 1, let's go there. Verse 10. Read this. Am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, what does it say? I would not be a servant of Christ. Does that step on your toes a little bit? Some people say, well, this gives me reason to be mean to everybody because I'm just trying to... No, that's not, that's not it. Back up with that. What we're saying here is Paul is saying... We got to get our priorities right. Am I trying to win the approval of men or of God? Am I trying to please men or am I trying to please God? Because here it is. If I was trying to please men, people, I could not be a servant of God. Because sometimes people have their own way of what they want you to do. They have a path for you that they want you to take. The world has a path that it wants you to take. Christ is counterintuitive to almost everything that we say. Right? That's what I love about the, the early church. It wasn't called Christians, it was called the way. Why? Because these are people who follow the simple, the way of God. What is this? Christ says, you get hit in the face, you turn the other cheek. Is that what you say? No, it's not what I say. It's not what men says either, but that's what Jesus says. Christ says, if someone asks you for something, give them a little bit more. Go the extra distance for them. Christ says, you've heard it said to love the people who are good to you, but I'm telling you, love your enemies. What? Christ is introducing a whole new way of living and thinking that is counterintuitive to our human nature. But if we fall in line with this, if we come and enter into his forgiveness and into his grace, I guarantee you, you will start to see this beautiful plan that God has for your life. You will start to see this beautiful plan that God has for your life. And it's different for every person in this room, but some things stay the same. You got to know whom you believe in. You got to know what you believe. And then second of all, you got to know this, that if you're trying to get yourself together and get things right, you can't please God and you can't please man at the same time. You got to put God first always. And putting God first does not mean that you become a judgmental finger pointer, this kind of, no, putting God first means that you're going to obey what he says, which is to love, 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 which is a very hard thing to do. But that's what we're called to do. Man, that verse just knocks me out. If I was trying to please, man, I couldn't, I wouldn't be a servant of Christ. And then let me invite your attention to the book of Matthew 28. 18 through 20. You guys have heard this before. If you're looking for some purpose, I can tell you one right now. This is called the Great Commission. Can you say the Great Commission? 
Say it like you're not asleep. The Great Commission. All right, there you go. Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples, spread the good news, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely, I love this, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Just read that again, Anthony. Thanks, brother. By the way, isn't it so awesome that Anthony is back? I'm so happy about that, Anthony. We love you, man. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go on. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Next slide. And teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. This is what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to go out and spread the good news. Bring them in. Teach them what I've taught you. Teach them to obey what I've taught you. And without spending 20 minutes trying to break down everything in the gospel, we know this. We can just use the same thing that, that when, the, when the man asked Jesus, what's the most important command? What do he say? Love God, love people. Everything else hinges on these, this command right here. I want you to go out and I want you to do some things. Some of us have this mistaken ideal that only pastors have to obey this call. Some of us have this idea that uh, this is not, this doesn't apply to me. I think that there's some specifics that God has for your life, visions that he has for your life, some, some specific things that he wants you to do, but there's this general thing that the Lord has put on anyone who's been acceptance, who have accepted his love. I want you to represent me. I want you to do something good for me. I want you to share my love. Could I be so bold as to ask you this question? How many of us have been doing that lately? We've been accepting uh, the fact of, you know, we're going to get fed and everything, but, but we got to give it back too. I'm telling you right now, you start to spread this kind of love, you'll start to see things that you've never seen before. You'd be amazed at how hungry people are for the word of God. You'd be amazed at how they're thirsting for it and all it needs. It doesn't mean you have to, I'm going to go and preach a, a week-long sermon. So smile at them. Start a conversation. Build a relationship with them. Invite them to Gateway. Tell them to join the Connections Group and to come to the Corn Maze next week. It's a perfect opportunity. Just get out there and do it. You know, Jesus says this to 11 disciples. One is gone. And there's a, there's a beautiful, there's a beautiful uh, verse right before he gives this great commission that, that often goes unnoticed. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But what does that say? But some doubt it. These are our disciples. These are the people that, that changed the world. They worshiped him, but some of them doubted. My last point is we're about to leave here. Move forward even when you doubt. Sometimes when you have a specific goal or a vision that you think the Lord has placed in your life, you may reach points where you, you start to doubt that, and there may be good reason to doubt it. These guys even doubted it. You're not alone in that. But in that, you keep on moving. Isn't that amazing? Don't you think Jesus knew that they were doubtful right at that moment? But what do you still say? I'm giving you this great commission because I believe in you. 
God believes in you when you're good. He believes in you when you're bad. He believes in you when you're confident. He believes in you when you doubt. So I'm going to invite Liz to come on up. We're going to start to close this out. But I just want you to think for a moment. If you come here tonight with questions of, I don't know what's around the corner. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I don't really know where I'm going. Let me ask you these simple questions. Do you know whom you believe in? Do you know? Take some real time to think about that. Because that dictates a lot. That dictates what's important and what's not. Do you know? And the second, have you been trying to please everybody? Man, that's exhausting. That is exhausting. That'll wear you out. Or have you been trying to please God? And finally, you've been given a call to spread this good news. And you can't give what you don't have. So have you, maybe, maybe some of us, it's a matter of just sharing it. Or maybe for some of us, it's a little bit more growing that needs to take place. And maybe some of us were like, you know what? I'm just, I'm, I have too much doubts. I have too many questions. I don't know. You know, I'm just trying to figure it all out, blah, blah, blah. Jesus said, even to those who are worshiping and even to those who are doubting, I got plans for you. God is not intimidated by your doubt. God is not intimidated by your doubt. I think maybe the best thing for us to do sometimes with stuff like this is just to just surrender and accept that he has a plan and worship. And I asked Liz to sing a, a, an old song that we used to sing a, a while ago, and, um, and it just proclaims God's majesty. And you might say, that, that doesn't really have anything to do with this, with this sermon, but it absolutely does. Because it's in God's majesty that we find our answers. It's in God's majesty and his sovereignty that we find his truth and the calling that he has for our lives. So uh, let's welcome Liz as she sings this song for us. And uh, I would ask for you to just just, just to think, of, think about what God is doing in your life. Let's for you. Wherever life's journey is taking you, we hope you can find a home at Gateway Fellowship, a ministry of WGTS 91.9. We'd love for you to visit us sometime. Services happen each Saturday evening at 6. You can learn more about us and get more podcasts at mygatewayfellowship.com.